Welcome to Super Talk, the podcast that scratches your superhero itch. Just two suburban dads nerding out over superhero stuff on the small screen and the big. Buckle up, people. Enjoy the ride. Welcome to Super Talk, the weekly podcast dedicated to news and reviews of comic book media on the big and small screen. This is episode 119. I'm your host, Brian Professor Pettison. With me, as always, my illustrious co-host, Titanium Tony Estrella. Titanium. Big and small screen, huh? I guess that small screen. Man. I, you know, look, man, um, we got a lot to talk about tonight. Yeah, we do. And I hope the audience is going to strap in and get ready because I don't have a lot of nice things to say about some stuff that has happened here. Um, and, and I'm not alone, which is good. Like I was afraid that I might be alone in this, but then some of the reactions I've seen in the last few days have kind of, uh, given me a good feeling that that I'm not the only one that feels this way so <laughs> so I, I, I'm not alone in this um, but you're not a sheep right you're not just following the herd no okay no uh, w- which we'll discuss uh, yeah I mean yeah let's get into it well okay <clears throat> let's so let's get the show started we want to thank the listeners to bring the show to you our patrons um, this is a, a website that that if you want to support content creators like myself and Titanium yep. that put blood, sweat, and tears into a show for a your entertainment, <laughs> um, and you just want to give back and help support us and 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 cover the cost of what it takes to put this together for you, uh, we really appreciate it. And we've got some friends out there that are doing this. It's, it's fantastic. So patreon.com slash supertalk if you want to become a member. We really appreciate anybody that wants to join and help us out. Yeah, appreciate the support. Um all right, just a recap real quick. We got, what, uh, Loki Season 2 trailer. We got Secret Invasion Season Finale. We got a little bit of news. And then the topic of the week, we're going to rank the Disney series so far, huh? Yeah, let's uh, let's jump into it. I, I do want to speak a little bit about good news. So today, Marvel did drop the trailer for Loki Season 2. Yep. F- official full trailer. It's online, high-definition Look, you can tell they invested some money in this series. Um, the special effects in the trailer were fantastic. Uh, they gave us a little bit of detail around the plot and some of the characters that we're going to see in the, in the season. I probably have the highest expectations of any Disney Plus season ever for this particular season simply because it is the first sequel to a season that we've seen on Disney Plus, and the first one was so good. Yeah, I agree. Um, I thought the trailer was great. Um, I, it didn't give away too much of the plot, but you know where it's going. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm excited to see this. You, they, they did drop some money, absolutely. The special effects were pretty impressive. Um, but after Secret Invasion and the high that I was on with that show, um, I, I'm not going to get my... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to get my uh, hopes up too high on this uh, still. Well, I and, and I don't think I'm alone in setting these expectations. I think everybody's looking forward to season two for, for multiple reasons. Yeah. They first, need a win. First reason was season one was so good. It was. Second reason, from what we understand and how this fits into not only the multiverse saga that they're that we're currently in with Marvel right now and the ramifications and repercussions of what's going to happen this season and how it pays forward into the rest of the MCU is huge. And we want to see that third reason is the cast was great. The first time around they're all back and we've got a bigger cast now. Yeah. So we should expect more from this bigger cast. And again, as successful as season one was, we know they put some money into this. So I'm really looking forward to it. Um, and, and titanium just mentioned it. Um, which we'll discuss a little bit tonight. They need to win. Uh, I think time. Disney Plus has had multiple simultaneous back-to-back failures over and over. And my fear right now, my fear is that platform of Disney Plus as a medium to consume Marvel content is becoming less and less relevant because of the content that's being placed there. Um, and... 
this series could rescue that to some extent. Yeah. Look, there are some projects that we know are coming to Disney Plus in the future that I'm very excited about. Um, the renewal of the X-Men animated series, X-Men 97, bringing that back. I think that's the perfect place to put it. It's yeah. the perfect place to to house that content. Daredevil. And, uh, Daredevil Born Again, extremely excited about. Um, that That should and could be kind of a tent pole for Disney Plus. And we know they're doing 18 episodes, which is, you know, unheard of. Uh, so I'm really excited about that, but everything else that that's on the slate for Disney plus right now, I'm kind of like extremely dubious other than Loki season two, which is why I think this trailer was really important to get us excited. Yeah. There was a scene in Loki season two in the trailer where miss minutes becomes this giant monster, like kind of marching through like the 1800s. Is is it going to be silly? I hope it doesn't get silly because if I hope it's not a, a Thor love and thunder, silly, kind of thing i hope it's not it, it looks intense and i hope it stays that intensity um again here's what I've, we know i've said this before i say it again i think the whole multiverse uh time travel timeline is very confusing to the novice fan and if if they continually confuse fans and they they spent all the first season kind of explaining the tva explaining the the timeline uh, the sacred timeline explaining the split of the timeline and everything so um i i think they did a really good job on that and hopefully that doesn't interfere with this so well and we know not only does it fit into what's going on in this current phase of of projects that we got going on with marvel in the multiverse saga but we know it fits into Deadpool 3 as well, which I'm extremely excited yeah. to see how this series ends with maybe a teaser. Because that's coming early next year. And we know we hopefully. know that we know the TVA. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. We know the TVA is involved in that. So yeah. um I'm extremely excited. So great to have that trailer today. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. Really well done. Again, as Titanium mentioned, gave enough kind of Stuff to get you excited, but not too much to give away certain plot details. Uh, I'm, I'm, and, and Tom Hiddleston is just he is is and continues to be just one of the massive home runs from a casting perspective that Marvel has ever had. Um, he could play that character for the rest of his life, and we we'd watch yeah. him, right? You know, yeah. so uh, and it's great. The fact that he time slips in front of a jet ski dealership was one of my. Oh, I was like, great. ah, great. finally, yeah. finally, that's great. That's great. It'll be great. Uh, okay, and then uh, our other review this week is our full review of the Secret Invasion series finale, uh, episode six that dropped last week. Um, I don't, I frankly don't know where to start here. Uh, I, I will say. I, I want to start a review of this with two words, and they really summarize how I felt after I watched this. Bitter disappointment. Mm. This is probably the most disappointed I have been watching a Marvel product in its final form, in a final episode or the you know the movie or whatever it is, ever. Wow. Like... You and I just talked about this last week, Titanium. Up until this past week, I had been enjoying Secret Invasion. I yeah. was looking forward to some of these little plot pieces kind of coming to a crescendo and getting to an end yeah. and figuring out what's going to happen here. I was really looking forward to seeing the finale. I was really looking forward to what we might see in cameos and and how they tie all these different plot pieces together. And I was so angry when I got done watching it. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe they just did that. Yeah. They didn't tie anything really. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, so let's, I'm going to give like literally, and and Titanium can time me here. I'm going to give a 30 second summary of what happened in the episode. And then we'll talk about the episode. So plot synopsis. So Fury goes to Russia to confront Gravik. It, it, it's really Gaia. Pretending to be Fury, she's a scroll. She changes into Fury's persona, goes there to confront Guy. She's pretending to have sickness from the nuclear reactor and and you know faking it the whole time. She gives Gravik the harvest in a vial so that he can use it in his machine to become a super scroll um, in exchange for him leaving the planet. He uses it and turns on on Fury surprisingly. 
um, only to find out that they've both been turned into Super Scrolls and they have this massive battle. Um, Gaia ends up killing Gravik, and now she's a super-powered Super Scroll. Fury and Fallsworth go try to free President Ritson from Rhodey. They confront Rhodey. Uh, Rhodey, true colors shown. He gets shot in the head, revealed to be a scroll. President Ritson declares all-out war and on any alien-born uh, person who's on Earth, right. and basically says it's all-out war. We're going off again. We're going after anybody who's not born from from on the Earth. Goes off of that, and then Fury decides to go back to the space station with his wife Priscilla. Uh, they make up. And the two of them head up into the space station. There's the episode. Basically, they head up because there's talks of the Kree and Skrulls peace talks. And he needs her help um, kind of navigating those peace talks. But yeah, that's basically the episode. That's the episode. Yeah. Okay, now we need to talk about all of the fundamental problems that I had with this episode. And there's many of them. Um, and it really stems from a, a handful of things. I'm going to give Marvel a pass on the scientific concept behind we have a single vial of clear liquid which contains DNA samples of every Marvel character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and we are able to use this one vial to then in, you know embark those DNA properties on a single scroll individual. So I'm I'm going to give him a pass on the you know we'll just call this sci-fi and not science because the fact that you can you know if I was going to take your DNA and mix it with a sample of my DNA into a single vial that would kind of spoil that sample and like multiple strands of DNA are now intermixed and intermingled, and how can you tell one apart from the other? Newsflash, there is no stone that can turn back time. <laughs> so we got through that. We can get through okay. this, but I, I get what you're saying. All right, so let's get It would have been better if that vial held these little color pellets that it contained each of their DNA. Green for Hulk, red for, you know, that would have been, but whatever. Okay, I'm going to get beyond that. Let's say there is okay. a single vial that contains DNA strands of every single uh, character in the MCU. So Nick Fury explained what the harvest was. They said he said during the end battle of Endgame, the final battle against Thanos and his minions at Endgame, every Avenger bled. So everybody bled. And they all left DNA across the battlefield. And he sent scrolls, including Gravik, to go collect this DNA. And then when they were showing on the computer screen all the DNA samples that were part of the harvest, there were people, or we'll say MCU characters, in that DNA harvest that weren't at the battle, uh, the final battle at Endgame. Mm-hmm. The Abomination was one of those samples. <laughs> Abomination wasn't there. No. We know where Abomination was. We found out in She-Hulk where Abomination was in jail. Yeah. So how did that sample become part of the harvest? Ghost from you know Ant-Man and the Wasp, that movie was part of that harvest. Where the hell did ghost DNA sample come from? And why was it part of the harvest? Yeah. That fact that that wasn't explained, not only does it contain, and all you had to say, another sentence, Nick. So we have been collecting DNA samples of every person. Superhuman. Super superhuman powered. person we've ever encountered, including all those that died in the final battle at Endgame, would have covered that. Yeah. But the fact that that wasn't said, you're including people that were never part of that final battle and end game in the harvest bothered me. Yeah. But Bo- I like that right there. I'm like, what abomination? Where'd that come from? Yeah. Right. Okay. So that big time bothered me. Let's also make this assumption that every superpower that every individual has an or ability is DNA based. Okay. The fact that, We know Captain Marvel, her powers came from her body being imbued with cosmic energy from the Tesseract, Mm -hmm. an explosion. And her body is now resident with that cosmic energy. Her DNA was not 
altered to the extent that she now imbued cosmic energy, she has cosmic energy from the Tesseract. So how is changing somebody's DNA to have the same properties of, of Carol Danvers give her those powers? Problem number one. So we're saying DNA-based powers, okay? Mm-hmm. Ghost has energy from the quantum realm, which basically converted her into this being that's like, you know, partially transporting between the quantum realm and Earth. That's not a DNA-based issue. That's this energy from the quantum realm that's basically part of her body. You don't get that from DNA. You get that from being imbued with that energy. So again, I have fundamental problems with they took the fact that as long as I have the same DNA as the person who has these powers, I will have those powers. That could absolutely be said for others. I guess Bruce Banner imbued with gamma radiation and it changed his DNA to the extent that, you know, maybe, but the DNA doesn't have the radiation. His bloodstream has the radiation. So that, again, these are issues that I've had. Mm -hmm. But there's other parts of it like, okay, Drax. And the only reason I even mention his name, like who would even choose to use the powers of Drax, (laughs) the Destroyer, from Guardians of the Galaxy? But, you know, at one point in time, Gaia's arm turns into Drax's arm. Well, his arm is tattooed. His arm doesn't look the way it is because that's naturally DNA-wise. That's the way it is. Those are tattoos that were put on his body. How do you get tattoos from DNA? You don't. Okay. So the fact that like all of these powers were just assumed to be DNA-based, that as long as I had the DNA of the people who had these powers, then I have these powers, big stretch. So I had a problem with that. Okay. Next problem. Just because I have these now abilities from this DNA sample that I got, and they've been, you know, this machine gave me all these powers because I now can replicate the DNA of the people who had these powers. Okay, let's just say that I I kind of understand, even though I don't understand that. How the hell would I know how to use them? Like, you've been given powers, and all of a sudden you're like an expert in how to use them. Not only do you know you have these powers, you know what they do, and how to use them. Wow, it's an angry professor today. Oh, yeah. I'm like, and this was like, it wasn't like hours. It was immediate. Yeah. A machine soaked my body with some kind of energy that imbued the DNA properties of all these individuals, and now I have this intricate knowledge of not only what those powers are and which one has that specific power and how to tap into it. (laughs) Well, I tell you what, the... Uh, <laughs> the abomination and ghost uh, DNA sample gathering that bothered me. Yeah. But those last two, you you kind of lost me. I'm 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 in your camp as far as that. But being able to gain these powers from DNA, uh, that's you're splitting hairs. That's deep, deep, deep dive into sci-fi. But uh, the other one is how do they automatically use it? Uh, how do they know about it? How do they know about and how right. to use them? Oh. Let me tap into Captain Marvel's powers. Oh, all of a sudden I know I, I be, have this like energy blast and I can fly. You know, yeah. it's like, how do you know that? You know? Well, they like, are, you know, they are, they Parker, are alien lizards. Professor, when Peter Parker so. first got bit by a radioactive spider, like he didn't know he could walk on walls. No. He had to like figure that out over time. Yeah. So like if, and it wasn't thankfully, but if Spider-Man's DNA got into these two scrolls where they'd be like, Oh, let me just start scaling walls. Well, how would you know you could do that? Right. Do you understand my yeah, point? I, there? I get it. Yeah. Right. Okay. So that bothered me. <laughs> well, Spider-Man did bleed on that field. I didn't see. He did, head. but for some reason, his DNA wasn't part of the harvest. Right. Um, at the end of the day, the two of them it could fight in the fact that they didn't have the rights to Spider-Man. Right. For, right this, exactly. for this, right? Sony wouldn't let him use Spider-Man for this. So the two of them are fighting, and at times, again, they're choosing to use the powers of different people, and I think it's all fan service. Oh, let me show you what Drax's yeah. arm looks like. Let me show you what whatever. And, um, you know, like, if you have Hulk or Thanos-level strength or even Cull Obsidian level straight. Why would you pick anybody else? You know, if you're looking for something strong, Um, the fact that Gravik reverted to his scroll form and was 
using his scroll form to kind of change into these different like beings. And, and Frank, the fact that only their arms were changing was kind of strange as well. It yeah. wasn't like their whole bodies, just their arms. Right. But Gaia was still in human form. And the only reason is because it's Amelia Clark. Right. It's not because, I mean, why would he revert to a scroll form and she's still human form? Right. You know, I mean, that, that was strange too. Um, but okay. She wins the fight and kills Gravik somehow, some way, no longer able to heal from extremist powers or whatever. She, she, she kills him. That bothered me. Right. Yeah. Like, didn't they have the power to heal wounds? Right. Right. Well, okay. No longer able to do that. She, she overcomes that. Oh, Tony Stark did kill the henchman on um, Air Force One with his center uh, laser beam. The right. guy, he blew a hole. Gave in them it. a wound that they couldn't rapidly heal from. Re- right. Yeah. Like your heart or yeah. your brain or something like that. I get it. Okay. That, so let's say that that happens. So now we have Gaia, this individual in the MCU who has the powers of every Marvel Cinematic Universe character that has ever been on screen. And so we have a singular character who's now the most powerful individual in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right. Just walking around. A five foot four, 98 pound. Amelia Clark is the most powerful being uh, in the name Marvel. an MCU character. And she has the ability not in not only to tap into their powers, but knows how to use them at any given point in time. Right. And Sonia Fallsworth is like, hey, we can agree. We can disagree. You know, we're not always going to get along, but you should come work for me. Yeah. Oh, isn't that convenient? I'll help you. You help me. Oh. <sighs> Uh, just the fact that she exists now, I would have been okay with the fact that they realized that this was a temporary grant. Like it happened and it, 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 it only lasted for an hour. That was, that would have been okay. Yes. Okay. The machine works, but it only lasts temporarily. It doesn't completely change or alter your DNA. It just, it's it's not a a temporary, you know, imbuement of power and, oh, the machine was destroyed in the fight and it can never happen again. Okay. Never was destroyed. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, But now we have this Gaia running around with the powers of the Hulk, Thanos, Captain Marvel, Black Panther, for some reason is in there, you know, all these, you know, did she go into the uh, the the nether realm of the, of the of the Wakandan people and and speak to the other black people? I mean, you know, it's just like you have this person that has this ultimate power now. And what are you going to do with her in the MCU? Are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah, it's game over. There's nothing else to do. <sighs> okay. It, yes, I'm with you there. That now that one, I'm in your camp. So that, I mean, I can't even believe they made that happen. And. I look, I love Amelia Clark. She's fantastic. Obviously, huge fan of Game of Thrones. Was fan was wonderful. Glad she's in the MCU. But now, hey, let's just you know, we got a problem. Let's just call Gaia. She can fix it because she's got every superpower ever imaginable. Exactly. Why call Captain Marvel? Right. Let's call Captain Marvel with Hulk's strength. Well, Greg Vyer has a question. Speaking of that, Greg Vyer's question uh basically is well, now that Gaia has all this unbelievable, unlimited power of everybody and she can fly through the universe like Captain Marvel, why couldn't she just go out and, and find a planet for it's only a million scrolls? It's not like they even need a whole planet. I, I mean, why couldn't she just fly out and find a planet um, for, for them to live on? I mean, like, and I think the example he asked was, what about that planet that Thanos was on where he had retired as a farmer? So like, yeah. there's two answers to this question. You know, the theoretical answer of from what scientists have told us, there's over a billion inhabitable planets ar- across the universe. Right. One of them has got to be okay for a million scrolls to live on. Sure. Hospitable to their climate, to Even whatever. If it was a little radioactive. Whatever. Yeah, they could figure it out. <laughs> right. They could find one. Sure. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why the scrolls were so pissed at Fury because they're like, there's a billion plants out there. You couldn't find us one, dude. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, they had good reason to be pissed. Or he was sandbagging because he was he benefiting them. and, and he used needed them. them. Yeah. He used them. Uh, the the right answer is because if she was able to find them a planet and they did leave, we wouldn't have the 
never-ending threat of scrolls on Earth. We would never have the never-ending threat of the scroll per portraying a you know head of state or a leader in power and the fact that they haven't left and they're still here and we are hunting them down means that now there's this never-ending threat that we can always allude to and talk about and discuss in the MCU yeah so that's the real reason yeah because it's a plot mechanism that the Marvel doesn't want to get rid of correct of course they could do that yep. they should have done that years ago but they didn't right right so um and then now let's get into the whole Rhodey thing. Okay. So revealed within the show was that James Rhodes, Rhodey, War Machine, was a scroll. And the big question that all of us as fans had was, well, how long has Rhodey been a scroll? Correct. You know, when did this happen? Correct. And what we've been led to believe based on how it was revealed to us at the end of the show they find Rhodey and Everett Ross and other people in the scroll base there, you know, in those machines that they had been placed there. We saw Rhodey and Everett Ross get woken up right next to each other. And Everett Ross leans up and says, Colonel Rhodes, how long have you been here? No answer to the question, by the way, but how long have you been here? But we see that he can't walk. Yep. He's in a hospital gown. Yeah. And they're basically carrying him out makes us believe that he was replaced when he was injured in civil war, went into the hospital, either never had a surgery or never went through the physical therapy after the surgery to get better. And that was a scroll that actually did that. And so from that point forward, so let's see end credits of, of captain America, civil war all the way through every movie that, Colonel Rhodes, James Rhodes has been in, and there's been not only movies, but projects. He's bit was in obviously infinity war. He was in Endgame. He was in Falcon and the winter soldier. Mm -hmm. He's now in secret invasion scroll the entire time went to Tony's funeral, cried on the battlefield when he died. Yeah. All these things. That was a scroll. That is a real kick in the fucking nuts to every MCU fan out there that that was not James Rhodes. Right. What do you think about that? You know, they never come out and confirm it. We're made to believe Which that is that's it. Convenient. Really, yeah. It's so convenient that they never gave us that answer. It's frustrating. It, it, it's very frustrating. I agree with you. They never came out and gave us that answer, which is one of the biggest problems that I have, not answering some And that was the one that we, we, the biggest answer we wanted to be answered. Like, yeah. when did this happen? Yeah. And they make you believe it's at the end of Civil War. Uh, and the rest of his um, appearances in all those other projects were really now in question. Um, and, and very even the director of Secret Invasion came out and said, well, you guys are going to have to decide for yourself. Um, it would make sense that after Civil War, but it's not, you know, he didn't confirm it. He didn't deny it, but he didn't confirm it. And he said, it's, it's just better if you guys decide for just yourself. Passing the buck. Yeah. The passing it's, the buck. It, it's absolutely insane. Uh, the fact and the that same they, thing with Everett Ross. Everett Ross was in Black Panther. Black Panther with Conda forever. All the things that happened to Everett Ross. When did he get replaced? Yeah. And how long has he been a scroll? Yeah. You know? Uh, I'm not saying that, that that is as damning as what happened to James Rhodes, but it's like, come on. Well, the people fact are that we didn't get this answer. Ross, people were speculating that Ross was wearing the same shirt at the end of Black Panther 2 that he was wearing when he uh, came out of the scroll mine thing. So it would have been after Black Panther Wakanda forever. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, which would be, we would be okay with that. And yeah. we found that, that James Rhodes had been replaced um, after Endgame. That would have been okay with that. Right. right. But the fact that it was during civil war, it makes you go back and look at all those other movies that he was in and go, okay, that was a scroll. And by the way, the character he portrayed in the show was a prick. And we didn't see that version of Correct. James Rhodes in any of those other projects. Right. Right. So makes you feel like he was playing somebody different. Yeah. And I think the director purposely made him want to be that way. Hey, you got to show the difference from the real James Rhodes. Well, oh, okay. Um, so huge problem. You know, you and I are not the only ones that have a big problem with this. Everybody out there has a big problem. With this, yeah. this is like, and we had theorized about this and I had theorized that, that Rhodey was going to be a scroll. But my theory was it was going to be before before Civil War or 
before he got hurt, we'd find out that he's not hurt anymore, which would have been kind of a convenient way to say, he, well, his spine was never broken. He's fine. And I would have been okay with that, too. All you had to do, Marvel, all you had to do, and it may have cost you another million bucks. And you spent $200 million on this show. And all you had to do, flashback scene, James Rhodes sitting in an office, gets a call from Tony Stark saying, Rhodey, I need you in, um, where was the fight in Civil War? What was the airport? It was in Germany. Germany. I need you in uh, whatever, in Germany. I need you there. I need you in Germany. I need you now. Um, Tony, uh, let me grab my suit. I'll be on my way. And then knocked over the head, knocked out, memory stolen. He's taken the scroll. Boom, it's over. Now we know when it happened. They didn't do it. They didn't give us the answer. They alluded to it. They just, it's all gray area. Conveniently, we don't have to admit to anything, but you can, you know, you can guess at when this would have happened. I mean, the fact they did that to us as fans, yeah. I, I'm angry about it. I'm angry about it. And you know what? For, Lazy writing? Yes. Yeah. Disservice. Yeah. Disservice to the fans. And I, I, hold your thought there on the lazy writing. Yeah, I got it. The other part of this that pisses me off is several of these main characters we saw in the show were being held captive in the main scroll facility, New Scrollos there, yeah. on the nuclear facility. Yeah. So let's say James Rhodes was captured before Civil War, and we've had a scroll playing him before Civil War, and that body has been sitting there in that machine since Civil War on a nucle- ex-nuclear facility. Right. Do we think the radiation would have zero effect on his tissue and body and everything else? What about all, all the those? people in the pods in the basement? Well, that was a different building, so I get that. Okay. So that's in a different place. So the the thing we saw after that where Fallsworth and Gaia went and saw all those other bodies in this big building, uh-huh. I think that was a different building in a different place. Okay. So that you can explain away. Okay. But I'm talking about Everett Ross, James Rhodes, the two doctors that, that they had taken over, um, the prime minister of England, all these people that were sitting there in the skull base that were human, not immune to radiation. I don't care if you're in a you know, catatonic state, you know, having your memories, you know, completely being wiped or whatever it is. Radiation will have an effect on your tissue. And the fact that we, <laughs> there was no mention of that conveniently, you know, we saw a guy, uh, you know, pretending that Fury was having radiation sickness and taking, yeah. you know, iodine pills and all this other stuff when he walks on site. But these people were fine when they yeah. woke up. Yeah. And the soldiers that were getting them were fine. Oh, too. Okay. Um, and then the, again, the bodies that were found by them in this, you know, big basement when we saw, you know, thousands of bodies in this, in this place that had been taken over. Where were all the other scrolls? What do you mean? Where are all the other scrollos? Where, where were they? And what happened to him? Yeah. Well, well, we know Gravik killed many of them off. Uh-huh. And then uh, he said, he sent them away. He I remember Fury asked him, where, where's everybody else? He says, they've been sent away. Uh-huh. So we don't know where they were sent, but yeah, they were sent away. Um, and then the ending, completely a- anticlimactic. Oh, we realize that Fury loves his wife, even though he knows she's a scroll. And even in her scroll form, he still loves her. And they're going to go back up to the space station and live a happily ever after <laughs> and all this other stuff. And I'm like, and then I was waiting for the post credit scene for a cameo by somebody or a lead in. One of the things you've surmised is that this is all this series was is a lead into uh, Captain America for you know, Brave New World, and we did get kind of the illusion of how... Or the Marvels or How something. President Ritson is not going to be president anymore because, you know, yeah. Fury says, well, that seems like a one-term president kind of decision. So we know this is how likely Thunderbolt Ross becomes president. That's a lead into that. And um, we know the, that he mentions... A, a summit with the Kree and the Scrolls. The Kree and the Scrolls. The Krees are in the Marvels. We know the Krees are part of the Marvels. Yeah. And so maybe that's an allusion to that. But I don't know of any plot in the Marvels about the Scrolls on Earth and us hunting them down. I don't think that's a part of that movie plot. I, I And if people are waiting for the Marvels to answer questions from this series, you're smoking something because this Marvels ain't going to answer any of these open questions from this series at all. Yeah. And. I, I look again. I mentioned at the start of this bitter disappointment. I way too many questions unanswered. The way they handled certain situations, you mentioned it, Tony. 
Look, the writers are on strike right now, and yes, they do deserve more. They do deserve a bigger piece, piece of the pie. They're incredibly important. But this is one more example of bad, lazy writing by the people at Marvel Studios in regards to how they're treating the characters, how they're treating storylines. It seemed rushed. It seemed like they took shortcuts. Yeah. It seemed like they made massive edits. They completely screwed up the storyline. They never answered the questions that we that they created. They created questions in our mind and never answered them. Horrible writing. Yeah. One of the worst, I'll say worst writ now. Up until this last episode, I was enjoying myself. No question. And I want to make I want to reiterate that. Up until this last episode, I was all into this. I, I thought it was a great spy thriller. I thought the story was moving along nicely. And then this just really jumped the shark, man. It was horrible. It was bad. I mean, this has probably been, in my opinion, has been one of the best casts we've had in a Marvel Disney Plus series. Oh, like top to bottom. Yeah. You know, I said it before. From uh, Fury to Fallsworth to Rhodey to Talos to, to Talos, to, the cast was off the charts good, yeah. and the acting was very good. Very good. Um, I thought, you know, I was enjoying it, and it just completely got lost and broken at the yeah. end. I mean, I, and again, they spent two hundred million dollars on this series. On what? I know. Yeah. On what? So I did want to mention, and I'd seen this, this is now, so the finale had a 17% rotten on Rotten Tomatoes. The series as a whole is now like 34% rotten on Rotten Tomatoes. Now, Rotten Tomatoes is not the yeah, you know how end all be all of, of... I fucking hate that site. Whatever. I, yeah, it's However, the fact that this is the lowest rated Marvel project well, actually, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania is actually lower than it on Rotten Tomatoes, which doesn't surprise me. And I don't think the <clears throat> Eternals is up there, do you? Well, so the four lowest rated projects in Marvel's history, inclusive of Disney+, Plus, are Thor Love and Thunder, The Eternals, yeah. Secret Invasion, and Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, all after Endgame, yeah. all post-Endgame projects. You got some explaining to do, Marvel. You have some... Uh, look, <laughs> we've talked about some of the projects we've seen here recently. Um, you know, Doctor Strange 2, kind of a miss. Thor Love and Thunder, a miss. Um, Aim and the Lost Quantumania, a big miss. The only bright spot has been Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which was a huge home run because we had a director who believed in the product, believed was a good in, storyteller. Believed in, in, in the in the actors and the and the story he was telling was given full reign to do his story and was left alone and, and that was a huge project. I do have faith that Loki season two, because it's the entire cast coming back, same director coming back, same writers coming back. I do have faith in that project, but Marvel, you have been really struggling recently, yeah. um, and you you got some makeup to do, bud. Yeah, I'd, and <laughs> what do you think Echo is feeling like right now? Well, any question as to why they're going to drop that thing in one fell swoop on Disney Plus? They've never done it before. No. Why do you think they're doing it now? I'm not looking forward to that at all. Now, I mean, just pitiful. And you're right. Yeah, they they're going to drop it all at once. Um, yeah, I think Loki season two they need a uh, they need a win under their belt, and I think that will give it to them. I mean, but we, we talked about the the new Marvels trailer last week. Are you like any more excited about that now after no, the finale of season all. Secret no. Invasion? Not at all. No, none. Not at all. And we'll <sighs> we'll get to our rankings uh, yeah. in the topic of the week. But all right. yeah. So anything else you want to say about the series? I know I've been ranting, and and I'm sorry. I'll apologize to the audience, but I had to get it off my chest. I was really, really, really upset. Partly because I love Samuel L. Jackson. I think his version of Nick Fury is awesome. Yep. And I loved this series enough that he was entertaining me. And then this final episode just completely threw me over the edge. Yeah. I And I was, I was enjoying the series, to be honest with you. I really liked it. Uh, I thought it was great. But this finale, it, it just did not... Uh, close anything out. It, it it didn't answer any of the questions. Bad writing, silly CGI. Uh, just yeah, I, I agree with you somewhat. I I really 
thought that if they closed this on strong note, it would be one of the highest rated uh, shows on Disney Plus because uh, I thought it started off that good. Um, but it did not. It was it was the one word I would say is disappointing. Well, if anybody asks the question, what's the Marvel equivalent to DC Superman? We know it's Gaia. Now is the answer. Jesus. Right? You know, that so. doesn't make sense at all. That that just really that it kind of irritates me that that they left that out there. I mean, it just mm, OK. It's like it's like we went to watch the finale of Secret Invasion and we ended up watching Oppenheimer and found out that they created the nuclear bomb and it happens to be Gaia. And now it's just walking <laughs> around the earth, you know, so it's kind of like Morbius was uh, not great. It was OK. And then the end credit scenes absolutely crushed destroyed it. it. Yeah, that's again, I, absolutely destroyed it. The end credit scenes of Morbius wow. were so bad. It absolutely destroyed anything that you felt at that movie. Oh, well, that movie. well, speaking of Morbius, we'll, uh, we'll go into our, our news items. And first time on the list is big announcement from, uh, Sony studios. Uh, they've made some massive changes to their schedule, all in response to the writers and, and actors strike that's going on right now. Some pretty big delays that they announced. Um, and, and you pulled this up, Titanium. Beyond the Spider-Verse, uh, the sequel to Across the Spider-Verse, which we saw this summer, um, has now been delayed indefinitely. Yeah, TBD. And, and the fact that this movie had primarily been filmed completely. Oh, yeah. Like, it's done. Yeah. Um, and the voice actors have already recorded all of their parts for this movie, so the actor strike really can't play a role here. Um, the script has already been written, so how's the writer strike affecting this? Um, the animators are really the ones that are kind of still doing work here, so I don't know why they would delay this indefinitely other than for the promotional aspect behind, you know, get behind this movie and going out and promoting it, and the actors can't do that. Uh, you know, uh, here's the good news about it, I guess. A, a, an indefinite delay tells me that they are just delaying the release. It's done. They're ready to go, or there's you know putting the final piece, you know, touches on it, and they'll release it when they're ready. But there's nothing that's like, oh, we can't get the actors back in studio, or oh, we're waiting for script rewrites and we can't get those. There's nothing like that. It's just we don't know when these things are going to end, so we're just going to delay it indefinitely. Yeah, definitely. Uh, very disappointing. So that was probably one of the biggest projects I was looking forward to is that that part two of that two part. Yeah, because we ended on a cliffhanger. We ended right? on a cliffhanger. So, um, and we also had a big delay for Craven, Craven the Hunter. We just got a big trailer for that uh, last month, and now that's been delayed till August thirtieth of next year. Right. So that's that's a yeah. huge delay for yeah, them. That's a big one. That's huge. I think a lot of it has to do with when the, was that supposed to the come out? Actors and stuff. Uh, um, November. November this year. Yeah, yeah, and the fact that the actors can't promote the movie, they can't be part of the red carpet and all these other things, so they delayed it. You know what? Ten months. Yeah, that's huge. Well, here's another thing: all these studios, I mean, all these these shows, uh, besides Aquaman, who did already went through three reshoots. <laughs> Um, I think they're, they can't do any reshoots with them. So what they got is what they got. I don't think we're going to see, I think we're going to see a lot more delays and I'll get a question. I'm going to ask you about Craven, but go ahead. I, I think maybe the Marvels might be pushed. They, there's some theories out there that, that, so, um, uh, Marvel may be pushing the Marvel's movie from its November release date because they can't promote it with the actors because they, they can't, can't do any promotion. Yeah. They can't do any. So no announcements from them yet, but there's a lot of theory out there yeah. that it could be pushed and that would delay everything else beyond it. Um, we know again. Madam Web is done, but I think that's going to be pushed. People are saying, no, well, we'll get that in 2024. You're, you're not going to release a movie without the promotional aspect. You're not going to, you know, these, you know, you can't just release trailers. You can't have a red carpet without the actors. You yep. can't, you know, they're not going to go on the today show or the tonight show or whatever. You know, you, right. you don't have that. You know, it's really hard to promote a yeah. movie and be successful. So I get that. Um, and I did want to ask you about Craven. So what chance do you think the delay includes? They want to do some reshoots because there really was not a very positive response to the trailer 
and the way that the character was being portrayed, do you think that they're maybe using this delay as a way to go back and refactor and reshoot some of the movie to kind of be more of the movie that the fans are looking for? I'm crossing my fingers. We're I hoping hope so. for that. Yeah, right? absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I think a lot of these movies they need reshoots. They're they're going to need to do reshoots and and things like that um, at their final test screening for for audiences and and the feedback from them, but. I think, again, the biggest problem I have with that, and you and I both agree on this, is that he's no anti-hero. He is a villain. And this movie makes him out to be an anti-hero, a, a type of hero guy, a good guy. And, and to do that to a villain, a well-known villain, is, I think, criminal. Um, and, and I don't, I mean, it's, it's the whole Black Adam thing. The Sinister Six. Yeah. He, not the not-so-bad six, okay? Yeah, uh, uh, anyway. frustrating. Um, and then we have uh, announcement of Venom Three is now scheduled to be released next July, right? So yeah, again, very early on, no talks about the plot and what the movie's going to be about, and I didn't who's even know it was it. filming. Is it filming? I well, don't know. If I it no was idea. filming, it's not filming anymore, no, right? Nothing's filming anymore, right? So, so we got Deadpool Three that's filming that's been put on hiatus. Um, Daredevil, Born Again, put on hiatus. All these projects that are have just stopped dead in their tracks. I think we're going to get pushback. Yeah, these strikes aren't good. Yeah. yeah. And do you think the strike will end this year? I, I think if it doesn't, you know, we could think about this, Titanium. We could go months without a new release in the theaters and without a new re- release, you know. I mean... This is not just affecting theater releases, which we expect and, and, and count on every week. You know, we get a new movie out every week or every other week at least. Um, that could, I mean, it could be another COVID. We're, we're six months behind. You know, yeah. We're just not releasing anything. But think of it. It's also affecting all the streaming properties, yep. uh, all the, the movies and series that are on, on streaming. They'll be the, affected as the well. The theaters are going to soon take another hit, a big hit. This um, is massive. Yeah. I mean, they got to figure this out. And, and, and again, it's, it's just like the, you know, the perfect, you know, chemical formula of the writers and the actors at the exact same time, you yeah. know, having similar issues and banding together and yeah. standing behind each other and holding the studios hostage. You can't do one without the other. You get the writers back, but you have no actors. You're screwed. You get the actors back. You have no writers. You're screwed. Yeah. You know, it, it, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a perfect storm right now. So right. we'll see. Uh, Here's one that I, I really want to hear your opinion on, Titanium, because I know how, uh, how, how passionate you are about this. Um, we learned that it's going to be revealed that Agatha, Agatha Harkness, in her new series, Agatha Coven of Chaos, I guess it's now called, will be revealed to be a bisexual in a relationship with Aubrey Plaza's character in the show. Doesn't bother me at all. I actually can't wait to see them kiss. But here's the thing: here's here's why why does sexual orientation need to be in the news or why are we why, even bringing why drawing attention even bringing to it? it? Drawing attention, just just do it. Just make it happen. We don't we don't need to make do it, it organically. Of don't course. draw attention to it. Why yeah. you don't need? Well, you to. know why. It doesn't need. Well, it's what the world is today. But you know, it it doesn't need to be. If it happens, great. I'm all for it. Again, like I said, but. It doesn't need to be the, the main. The fact topic. that they're drawing they're attention stretching. to it makes it makes it something that is more than it needs to be. Yeah, yeah. it really doesn't. Um, anyway, that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> okay. Uh, Andrew Garfield recently interviewed and was asked about the chances of him coming back and playing Spider-Man again in the future, and his comments were very. Um, I'll say, he's. Uh, it's hard to take from what he says. He's a liar with a grain of salt, but he basically said, look, even if I never come back and play this character on the screen again, if I never come back and play this character, we know he's out there being Spider-Man, saving people and doing his thing. Like in his universe, he still exists and he's doing stuff. That being said, you and I both know high probability he comes back in secret wars i i think that that's like almost a no-brainer at this point yeah. in time that that him and toby mcguire come back for secret wars just because of how impactful and successful they were in no way home I yeah. mean, you just you just have to do that and if sony agrees to it obviously we have to talk about that but there's been big theories that 
Spider-Man needs to cross over with Venom and what Sony's doing with the Venom universe at some point in time. And the theories have been, isn't this a great way to reintroduce Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man back into the Sony universe and make Andrew Garfield like the main Spider-Man of the Sony universe? That makes a lot of sense, too. Um, and who knows? But yeah. he, he he's just... He's a total guy, you know, after what happened with No Way Home, nobody believes the thing that comes out of his mouth. You know, it's like, okay, even if you were filming a project, you're not going to tell us, right? I like Andrew Garfield. I like Tobey Maguire. Uh, Tom Holland, I think, is the perfect Spider-Man. I I really like him a lot. What Sony does with their Spider-Verse and their Spider-Universe that they're trying to create... Um, it, it will be interesting, um, and I'm excited to see where it goes after Madam Web, uh, and and that is one movie I'm not excited about whatsoever. But I want to see what direction they're heading. Is that kind of like maybe one of those movies that's going to be the glue behind the the Spider Verse, right? I think you know? that will. I think Madam Web will set up the Spider Verse, their Spider Universe moving forward. Yeah, yeah really taking what they've done with across the spider verse and kind of wrapping it up into like a, a cinematic, you know, live action, a cohesive, um, storyline moving forward based off of what happens in that movie. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I like, I, I agree with you. And, and, and the fact, you know, the, and this is, you're alluding to something that I, I kind of don't mind in that the fact that we haven't heard so much about Madam Web, the ha- fact that we haven't seen a lot about it. I mean, I haven't seen a lot of even behind the scenes photos from that. that uh, when, when they were filming is okay with because, because again I don't expect too much from that property and whatever they give us I'm going to probably be happy with yeah you know so anyway um, we did get confirmation this week from Adam Driver uh, again and I, I'm going to give my opinion on this statement but he did come out and say that he turned down the role of Reed Richards he was offered <laughs> the role and turned it down because he didn't he couldn't connect with the character. He read a lot of the print. He read a lot of the comics. And he just never really associated with or couldn't connect with the character of Reed Richards. It didn't really fit him. He couldn't connect with the number they were going to put in his bank account. Bingo. That's what he fucking couldn't connect Bingo. with. Bingo. That, that's I mean, let's where be I was honest, going with this. But he's, he's very... He's trying to save face a, with the fans. Very nice. And it was very politically correct for him to go in that direction. Because he I didn't want connect. that wrath of the Marvel fans Correct. On, on oh, him. really? Yeah. Is that how much money we have to pay you to be in our universe? Right. So yeah, but come it on. It was a convenient he, statement. He couldn't connect with the his bank account number. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have my ACH number, unfortunately. Yeah, right. or, fortunately. Venmo me. Right, exactly. Um, all right, well, let's get into the topic of the week brought to us by our friends over at Studio GG Studios. I'm the main band corner of the cop. What's going on with Goat? You said uh, Goat's going on a road trip. When's this, when's this happening? He he left this weekend. The first stop was uh Clarksville, Tennessee to visit his son who is um, an elite uh, army ranger and a very high-end kind of squad. Um, and uh, I guess they wanted to see him before he gets deployed. Yeah. Uh, he's getting sent somewhere probably pretty bad. Oh, yeah. So they're going to go spend some that's time where, That's with where him. they send the rangers, man. Yeah, they, don't, they, they, send, don't, they don't send them into, like, no, peacetime places. No, they send no, them no. To, to go kick yeah. some ass and take some names. He's got, so. like, a couple of weeks of training uh, out, in the, out in the woods, and then they're going to send him... Uh, deploy him and they, we don't obviously don't know it's his unit is probably pretty hush hush so right all right so if you want to go check in on the new video he'll be dropping something very soon he's doing a a vlog of his trip across the country if you want to check that go to studio gg studios uh, uh youtube page and i'm sure there's gonna be plenty of stuff there for you to take a look it'll at. be a so, show all right well let's uh so what we decided to do is now that we've got secret invasion um titanium wanted to, to kind of rank in order of favorites, you know, where we see the um, Disney Plus series that have been out thus far, all the way from the first one, WandaVision, um, all the way down to Secret Invasion that just just finished out. So we're going to rank uh, our, our favorites top to bottom. Um, and you want to go top to bottom or bottom to top? Let's go bottom to top. I yeah, think I that like would that be too. more entertaining. I would think. <laughs> okay. Uh, so number nine. So there are nine season, nine different series thus far. So number nine. What is number nine on your list? Miss Marvel. Yeah. It's got to be. Yeah. Come on, people. I mean, it was it was review bombed on that shitty review uh, website, the vegetable one. Uh, I won't even talk about them because they don't deserve it. But um, come on. No, not good. 
the whole series, the whole show just wasn't good. And again, I will say this, and I always state this as a as as a reminder. This is a note that I I will go on and argue that little actress, Aman uh, Vellani, Aman Vellani, unbelievable. Uh, she was the highlight. She, the more I've seen of her, she's starting to bother me more. But uh, in the that little show, whiny, uh, like in, the whiny part show, of Ms. Marvel. Oh. I thought she was great in that show. She was the the only good thing about that show. The rest of it was total shit, total crap. Power set. The fact that the she's way they not changed her powers. The fact made that they her mutant. Very rarely used her powers. They really focused a lot on on her trips. You know, and and no answer to the bangle. All that bullshit. Yeah, yeah. And I know we're gonna get a little of that in the Marvels. Not excited about that. Uh, I yeah, thought she was the be best part of number nine on my list nine. as well. Got it. All right. What's number eight? Number eight is She Hulk. I just really the way they they pussified the Hulk and made him a uh, just not this nice you know kind of weak smaller sized kind of guy uh, and and the first couple of episodes of She Hulk I thought were kind of cool like the training oh yeah um, was kind of cool and I was getting into it um, but then it just the ending let's talk about a fucked up ending so that final episode Ooh. was pretty bad too where and she goes she off into with, the like the 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 filming universe of marvel comic and goes into the writer's room and all this and other then the stuff robot the, the feige Kevin, robot the, the ai was yeah, k-e-v-i-n or whatever yeah uh i just you know anytime you get a superhero twerking um yeah well so number eight on my list is Secret Invasion, and and I I did want to say that because of the ending. And again, up until the last episode, I really enjoyed the series or or was enjoying it. The final episode really just completely ruined it for me. All the unanswered questions we've talked about at length today. I was just incredibly disappointed. Um, I there were parts of She Hulk I enjoyed more than Secret Invasion. Uh, the two episodes with 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 Charlie Cox coming back as Daredevil, yeah. huge with his new costume, I thought was really great. Again, the training montage with the Hulk in the first episode was awesome. Um, so I those would be flopped for me. I, yeah. Number number seven was was She Hulk for me. So yeah. what was your seven? Um, my seven was uh, Secret Invasion. Okay, so yeah, we yeah. just had those two. We, yeah, yeah. All right. All right. So what's and the, again, love Secret Invasion, liked it, but that ending oh, destroyed it. Oh, yeah. it's just, just sour taste. Yeah. Uh, what's your number six? My number six is Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, same uh, with me. Not not a bad show. No, uh, I it, actually I, enjoyed I, it a I enjoyed, lot. Our biggest problem: the, the, the villain the, in that and the plot. The plot kind of well. You have to remember the plot. They had to rewrite the whole fucking thing because it was their a global plot, pandemic. <laughs> during a global pandemic wouldn't really resonate not really pc uh but still not bad and again the 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 um the broker um what was it power broker the power broker big disappointment yeah the fact that it was revealed to be um um peggy carter uh peggy carter's niece um uh yeah just not good now if that was a scroll and working for Gravic, yeah, that, that might, yeah, right. I might be able to get over that a little. Um, yeah, so I, I, that that's my number six as well. Number six, okay. I think the first episode was fantastic. The one where he was flying around as Falcon, oh. and I mean that was great, great start to the series. Um, there were some special moments. I mean, I just think the the chemistry between Bucky and and Falcon was great. Uh, they really played off each other very well. I enjoyed watching both of them. I think the, you know, the whole kind of super soldier serum thing. And yeah. we remember we had Baron Zemo in it. And yeah. so I, there were aspects Zemo of it. was awesome. Aspects of it. I really liked when Walker I, killed somebody with the captain America shield. Right. And Iconic. We, and we had the Wakandan warriors come back. And, yeah. you know, I mean, it, there were some really cool parts yeah, of this. Yeah. But again, I think it really suffered from the rewrites that they had yes, to do for agreed. the plot. Um, yeah, the the flag smashers really weren't Awful. that compelling no. of a villain. Nope. Um, you know, so but I, again, there were parts of it I really enjoyed. So we'll, we'll kind of see. What do you got at five? Uh, what if? So <laughs> that's what I got. Too. Yeah, uh, you know, this is a series that um, I've actually gone back and watched several episodes of What If, and really realized how much I enjoyed them. Um, again, the concept of the show coming out of the comic books directly where they take popular storylines in the Marvel comics and twist them a little bit and put them on their edge and say, what if this character 
had this power or what if this character was the one that was kidnapped by yeah by by the uh by the ravagers Love it. you know i, I just the think zombies it, yeah really really, good, really yeah. great plot um and the way they tied it all together i thought at the end was really cool with the battle between ultron and and the watcher i thought that that last episode talk about a finale that delivered yeah that last episode was awesome, awesome. yeah um, and I thought the animation style was great. You know, we got, again, we got, you know, Agent Carter and, and just a bunch of other, or Captain Carter and a bunch of other, like, really cool yeah. characters come out of that. Um, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I thought it was really good. And I, I can't wait for season two. I mean, that's one that's kind of been on hiatus a little bit. It was supposed to come out this year, but, you know, has been pushed back a little bit. And whether it's because of animation studio time yeah. or whatever, but I, I'm looking forward to the next season. I, I think we I, got, I got it at five. You got it at five. Yeah. Uh, animation. That's pretty high for an animation. So that's exactly. Good. Yeah. yeah, exactly. What do you got at four? Hawkeye. Yeah. So do I. God yeah. damn it. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. Uh, again, Talk about tying up a storyline at the end, yeah. the whole watch tie in was actually his wife's. She's actually a, a shield agent. Uh, and, and that mockingbird. To, yep. How great was that? Yeah. That was clever. Great. Well, Jeremy, Jeremy Renner. Uh, and yeah. thankfully he's on a road to recovery yeah. physically after his massive accident this past winter. Um, but he fantastic in the series. Um, I thought, you know, the introduction of Yelena Belova, you know, in, in the series was just uh, well-timed and great. And her chemistry with, um, Hawkeye and, um, What's her name? What's the actress's name? Smoke show. Absolute smoke <laughs> Haley show. Haley Steinfeld. Haley. Oh, what a yeah. smoke show. Their interaction and their chemistry, uh, great. Yeah, and Haley Steinfeld did such a great job of, yeah. of playing um, Kate Bishop and, you know, kind of the protege to Hawkeye. I thought, thought the series was done really well. Even, you know, Echo playing a part in this, and obviously Echo got her own series after this, but, I, I mean, I thought it was all done very well. Yeah. I love, I love, and again, bringing the Kingpin back yep. from Netflix. This yep. was like the first real yeah. interjection of a Netflix character into a Disney Plus property. And I didn't mind the cliffhanger of him getting shot at the oh, end. No. and not perfect. No, it was perfect. Yeah, yeah, really well done. I enjoyed that very much. It was one that we enjoyed reviewing, so really happy with that. Uh, what's your number three? Moon Knight. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Moon Knight, great. I mean, it. You go back and look at that. I've watched it uh, twice. Oscar now. Isaac is just he just so phenomenal good. playing a multi personality person. Uh, you know, now I had some criticisms when they went to that um, that weird realm and the whole the Dinuat like, or the Dinuat or yes, something like that. The, yeah, which was like the ship of the yeah, where the ship yeah, where they, they're, they're basically was, dead and they're kind of going through the netherworld yeah, or whatever. A little weird. Yeah. I mean, I guess it was lost Egyptian us a little bit. Lost me a little bit. Like they the, were there, but the then asylum. but they weren't there. They were still in the insane asylum, yeah. so it was kind of confusing. Very. Yeah. But, but the, I still thought the big CGI fight in the end, the finale was great, was awesome. Tied up everything, and then the 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 little twist with uh, Jake Lockley at the end, oh, brilliant. Yeah, I really, I I thought I really liked that. And Moon Knight's one of my favorite characters. Um, really it, well done character. Yeah. I loved I loved the way they portrayed the character. I love the way they showed his power set and the way that yeah. his powers work. Um, I love the two versions of yes. Moon Knight too, like yeah. Mister Knight, you know, and Moon Knight. Yeah. That that was great. Uh, I loved, you know, the fight between the gods and everything yeah. was awesome. So I, yeah, I mean, it was it was a home run and and a beloved character of both yours and mine. And and um, hoping we're going to get a season two, if not, you know, a Marvel Knights or you know, uh, dark, you know, kind of yeah, midnight of midnight sun, midnight you know, suns, type of thing. Yeah, uh, we'd, I'd love to see him in more. Yeah, we got to see see more of him. Uh, number two, I got Loki. I have WandaVision at number two. Yeah. And I, I, I kind of figured you, you would have them opposite. But, I mean, and I know why you have WandaVision at number one. I, I, I theorize. It's number two for me. and We can just talk about them separately. But Loki, season one for me, great cast, great acting, great plot, yeah, great finale. Mm-hmm. You know, introducing Kang the Conqueror as, you know, the man the he who remains, the way that series was tied up, very tense episodes in between, really good writing, great acting, good interaction between Mobius and 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 uh Loki the yeah. entire time. Yeah. But you kind of find out that, you know, Agent Renslayer knew that that, that there was no right. um 
triumphant, you know, that, that was in charge of the TVA and all of a sudden they were all robots and it was just getting pruned to the void. I mean, oh, it was really cool. It was great. Yeah. And all the other versions of Loki and everything. I thought it was just so well done, so well acted. And one of the reasons why I'm looking forward to yeah, season two so much. And, and WandaVision, I know, uh, you know, it was the first. It was the first series on Disney+. Plus. Um, it was when we started our podcast was when WandaVision first came out. The week after we started our podcast, the first episode of WandaVision hit Disney+. Yeah. Plus. So it's nostalgic for those purposes. Um, but the early part of the series being these 30-minute episodes that were kind of sitcom-based episodes yeah. was great. Yeah. But then it morphed into this, holy crap, what's going on, right. reality um, really creative, really different. Bringing back I love Agent Wu yeah. and, and oh, I yeah. I always say that Darcy and Darcy Agent and Agent Wu should have an X File type show. I think that's a hit. Yeah, I really do. I think they should. Have. Yeah, WandaVision for me was number one. It's just the creativity. Elizabeth how Olsen, unusual. Just, yeah, she was great in great. that. Unbelievable. Um, just a really, really cool story. Obviously, it's Agatha. You it know, spawned off all these other shows. Knowing what's going on and being part of the plot. Yeah, and, you know, taking her powers and then having her powers sucked away. I right. Mean, it was all very well done. And 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 again, from a nostalgia perspective, obviously, you know, it holds a special place in our heart. But it, it was just a very well done series. And and obviously, Matt Shackman, who directed Wandavision, has gone on to bigger and better things. Is now going to be directing. You know, Fantastic Four, which yeah. is a massive property for Marvel and the success of what Marvel's got going on, you know, in the future. Um, he's, you know, obviously earned that success, but uh, it was it was great. Yeah. 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 Good. All right, Professor. Uh, good show, brother. Yeah. You get it all off your chest. I, you, want, you want to vent no, anymore? No, we'll wait, we'll wait for the you next one. You want to vent anymore? We'll wait for the next Are one. Are you sure? All right. Uh, yeah. Hopefully good things to talk about. Yeah. You know, we got Blue Beetle coming out in a yep. couple weeks and we'll, we'll be able to like, you know, Did you cleanse see ourselves. that Snyder... Said something about Blue Beetle. Can't wait to take his kids to yeah, that. Yeah, can't wait to take his kids to see Blue Beetle. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's ring the bell. School's over. All right. Well, that's it for us this week. We'll be back next week for more Super Talk. To get in touch with us on social media, hit us up via email, supertalkpodcast at outlook.com or at supertalkpod on Twitter. Until then, stay super, everyone. <laughs>